listen to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you into week two of our Advent series, Make Room. Let's dive a little deeper and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. But we are excited about what God is, has done, is doing. Um, I'm excited about today's message. I don't know about you, but um, there's some stuff that's happening around me and in me and I'm thankful that God, uh, I'm thankful that God is God and I'm me. Real talk. So last week, um, we started a, a sermon series, uh, Make Room, and um, uh, everyone in here is busy, right? Amen? And oftentimes, when, when um, we are confronted with something new to do, uh, it can be troublesome, Right? Because on our tables, we have so much. And um, just, a real re- just a reminder of, of last week, I asked um, us, I asked you guys, I said, what are you um, dealing with in, on your tables? In, in this table is life, so what are you dealing with? And we, we, we're talking about we're dealing with per, um, disappointment, right? I remember? Um, we're dealing with grief that sometimes the holidays are not just a joyous celebration. Um, Sometimes loneliness creeps in during the holidays. Um, Sometimes the pressures of the holidays that you would think that Jesus is the reason for the season, correct? But yet we feel this, this burden to make sure that the trees are full of presents and we spend money that we don't have and it causes all this pressure. Well, at, in my house, there are no gifts under the tree. And I'm not sure if there are going to be gifts under the tree. And you know what? I'm cool with that. You know why? Because if we recenter our lives around what's really important, but the problem with trying to make room is the cluttering. It's so cluttered with stuff. Some of us are cluttered with finances. Some of us are are cluttered with school. And all the kids said, amen. You went from virtual to now, it was crazy because you went from virtual and then it was hybrid thing and then it was virtual again and now it's in person. Um, Some of us were working from home and so we were able to go to work in our pajamas and now we didn't have a commute and now Everything's and God help us that now we thought we were getting past COVID and there's a little thing called Omicron. So these things are like cluttering not only our hearts, but our minds. And we understand that Jesus should be the centerpiece where everything flows out of. But unfortunately, because of life, things flow in us and that dictates what we do. Many of us are living in fear, with fear, and struggling with fear. And so when we say make room for God, make room this season is to remind us to make room for God, the struggle is my table is full. And I love him. And I trust him. But the realities of my life is there is no more room. And so we talk about make disciples, we talk about being generous, we talk about considering others beyond ourselves, but I feel like we're carving ourselves so thin 
that all of this, all this word and all these relationships and all the things that God is commanding us to do becomes a burden that we can't keep. And I look at some of us and we're tired and rightfully so. It's been a hard season. And I don't have crystal. I don't have room for anything else. Don't put another thing on my plate. And I love God and I trust God and I'm trying to obey him. Yes, I am. But my table is full. And you telling me to do, make disciples? Bruh, are you, what? No. I mean, I want to, but I can't. And so the, the, the basis of this journey that we're on is John chapter one. And so we're going to read this. And again, some of these things are not all bad. It's life. Scripture tells me you don't work, you don't eat. So work is a part of what's on our table. But for some of us, work is consuming us and suffocating us. And I, I, I was reminded a few years ago when I was talking, I've always talked about making disciples, and I shared with someone, make disciples um, at your job. And the person commented, I don't like the people in my job. And them people in my job might come to my church, and I ain't trying to cross those streams. <laughs> make room. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. If I was in a Pentecostal church, stop right there. <laughs> and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him, we're speaking of Jesus, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all, thank God for that but, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right, the privilege to be children of God, to those who believe in his name. Any children of God here this morning. But to all who did receive him, he gave him the right to to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed, observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one of whom I said. The one coming after me ranks ahead of me before he existed, because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. Just a brief reminder, John is, is, is basically um, taking us all the way back. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Jesus is God, was God, with God. Jesus was all the way in the back. And so although we have so much on our tables and our plates are full, Jesus was before this table. Jesus was before our plates being full. Jesus has always been here. And Jesus has always been with you. Somebody ought to say amen, amen. right there. So last week we unpacked. Um, we're going to make room for the unexpected. And so we, we have to live our lives in a way that we have room. So Luke chapter 5, uh, Jesus is um, uh, having uh, dinner with a tax collector, and the tax collector seems as evil. And so Jesus is having dinner with him, and that was totally unexpected, totally left field, because Jesus is saying, listen, I come for everybody, even the one you reject. The one that we have characterized as our enemy, Jesus says, I come for that guy too. So we have to make room for the unexpected. The second thing we talked about last week, we got to make room for the uninvited. Sometimes when we say, whosoever will, let him come. You better be careful because we have an idea. I remember when I first planted the church, I had an idea of who God was calling me to. Never would have guessed where I am right now. But if we have to live our lives to make room for the uninvited, Luke chapter 7, verse 36, a woman in the town who was a sinner um, heard that Jesus was having dinner and she decided to stop by. And you know what the religious folks did, right? Does Jesus know who she is? And then she had a nerve to take her hair down with Jesus' feet and wash them with her tears. And then once she cleaned his feet, she, she had a, a very expensive alabaster box full of perfume, and she, she placed the perfume on his feet. And now the people looking and like, if he only knew who she was, but if you only knew who he was. Make room for the uninvited. And then we had a challenge last week. We, had, we, want, we want to make room for generosity. And so um, we, we gave out some um, food line gift cards. Remember that? Uh, does anybody give out their cards? Oh, wow, so you kept them. Oh, shame on you. I know you're in the process of praying to see who you, I, I get it. Um, so, yeah, so we gave out, um, so I think it was $25 gift cards, and we wanted to make room for generosity. So as we were preparing or grocery shopping as you go, as the Spirit led, um, you give out those uh, gift cards, and you just want to bless people because we want to demonstrate um, the love of God. And, and so um, making room, make room for uh, un the unexpected, make room for the uninvited, make room for generosity. And so now we have... Uh, our own plates. And here's what I realized. That if our plates don't get us, other people's plates get us. And so I got room for Jesus and I got a little small table for my stuff. 
But what happens when other people give you their plates? So I want you to shout out, this is interactive. What do other people try to give you? Shout it out. Their problems. Their shame. Mm. Their fear. Now, now here's the issue. My table already full with my stuff. And now you're trying to give me your stuff. I, man, what else? <laughs> Lord, I need to lay on the altar. They try to give you their trauma. Oh, my word. They try to give you their unresolved issue and make it, make it yours. And in unhealthy relationships and unhealthy people, they guilt you into relationships. If you ever get to the point where you're just, you're managing yours okay. You're not managing well. You're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm still staying afloat. Then they come along and give you their trauma. They give the responsibility that they should be covering. They give, try to give it to you. What else? What else do people give you? Drama. <laughs> Drama. Man, look. I stepped in some stuff a couple weeks ago, and I'm still trying to get out of it. I was half asleep when I was giving the advice. And I told the person, I literally said, hey, I just woke up. I was in a food coma. So I was just like, hey, I'm just about to go, I'm about to, go to sleep. And when I think you'll say, yeah, this is what you should do. Absolutely. And went back to sleep. Woke up, I had about 500 messages. I can't believe you told that person. I was like, I don't even remember having this conversation. I'm now in the middle of drama, and I will mind my own business. What else people give you? Pain. Whew. Active, untreated wounds. Trauma is, trauma is how we're triggered. And trauma is often unseen, and, and oftentimes, um, especially during the holidays, you start seeing the traumas come up. More kids are abused on the holidays than any other time because of the stress and trauma of life. What else do we, do, do we have? What else people try to give you? They try to give you traditions. So people will put you, people will become legalistic because that's the discipline that they need for themselves and put it on you. I don't do this and you shouldn't either. Well, who made you the author and finisher of my faith? And people will put things on you that, that a couple of things. Sometimes they'll put things on you that um, they are still wrestling with and then they'll try to make you um, disciplined in areas that they need to be disciplined in themselves um, because people hate the sin in you that they see in themselves. And what we, have to, what we have to wrestle with is Paul deals with this in so many different ways. When you go to someone's table and they don't eat meat, don't eat meat. But when you, when you go home, you can kill that steak. But in a, in a, in, for the sake of the relationship, don't. Well, you shouldn't eat meat at all. Uh, that's your conviction. And so remember, 
we're trying to make room for Jesus, but some of us can't get to Jesus because our own stuff and other people's stuff. And so holidays can be stressful. And all of us know this. Finish this statement. Jesus is the reason for the... Everybody knows it, but how many actually live it? Why are we letting all people's, other people's stuff get to us? Parents, stop parenting by guilt. Set yourselves free. You're doing the best you can, everything being equal, you're Christ followers, you're believers, et cetera, et cetera. You have to make that statement. You're doing the best you can with what you have. That's why I was able to forgive people in my life because I realized, man, at the end of the day, when a rubber hits the road, Dion, they're doing the best they can. So we got all this stuff. I want you to turn back to uh, verse number four. I'm going to try to help you real quick. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Now, in who was life? And who's him? Let's establish one thing. When plates are passed to us by others, sometimes we feel obligated to put my things down and pick theirs up. Now, on the surface, that sounds good, right? Because our brothers and sisters, we're walking with each other. But here's what I learned. Sometimes we pick up their plates so we can avoid our own. So I have the distraction of trying to solve your stuff and leaving mine to fester. So sometimes we ignore or avoid our own plates because we martyr ourselves. Oh, I can't get to such and such because I'm helping uh, Josh out. And I can't get to Rob. I can't get to my stuff. I can't work on my marriage because Rob needs me. But I thought the scripture says, in him was life, not me. So here's the problem. Jesus is the Messiah, so I don't have to be. I want you to hear that. You and I can't save anyone. See, the problem is, I'm jumping ahead of my message, but we don't take our plates to Jesus, so we won't take theirs. Elder Bruce said something to me, man, and, I, and I'm, I'm stuck on it. I'm stuck on what he said. This is what he told me. Elder Bruce said, listen, he, he, told, he told me, he said, listen, you are carrying God's, you're carrying the people's burdens. And as pastor, that's what you do. But the problem is you're not carrying the people's burdens to God. Your shoulders are not strong enough to handle other people's burdens. So why are you trying to carry them? Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Right, well, okay. Repeat after me. Jesus is the Savior. Now, I'm not the Savior, but I know one. And so if we're going to make room for him, Dion, we got to stop inserting ourselves into people's lives that they, that they sometimes have to work out themselves. Prayer is a powerful tool. But when you think you're the Messiah, are you praying to yourself? 
because it is beyond my ability to fix your problems. And lo and behold, if somehow I just drop a, a great suggestion or advice or a solution and I'm not careful, Tiffany, and now I solved your problem, I become the source to you. No, people, people, point people back to Jesus. Because if we don't take our place to Jesus, we won't take theirs either. Now, here's the issue. Some of us are holding on to our plates and theirs. Stop. I'm going to talk to you, Josh. I'm going to talk to you, Rob. Stop being people's Messiah. You are not holding your family together. You ain't that good. Bad English. You're not that good. <laughs> Point people back in Jesus. Let me say this another way to all my folks who are, feel called for the kingdom. Everything in the kingdom doesn't have your name on it. Be faithful with what God has given you. We're going to make room. We're going to make room because before Dion asked me a question, I said, Dion is becoming my inspiration for messages now for some reason. He said, with all of this, how are we supposed to do it? Because you're setting us up. <laughs> you diagnosed the problem. But how are we supposed to make room? You got to come back next week. Oh. Mm. All right. But before we get there, Everybody say it after me. Be faithful. I have to be faithful with what God has me doing. Let the Messiah be the Messiah and you get out the way. What we do with our own plates is what we teach other people to do with theirs. So if parents, if we hit, a, if the family hits a rough spot, okay, you ain't got no kids. If, 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 if the family hits a rough spot and the parents are fussing and cussing, what we're doing is showing our kids what we truly believe. So remember last week we talked about that atheism, there's a direct correlation with atheism and Christians who are not walking the walk. It's just because what they're saying is, if you're a Christian and you're the only Christian that I've seen and you're not convinced, as evidenced by you not walking it out, then I got questions. Because I see you, come, I see you coming to church, I see you giving, I see you serving, but your lives privately hasn't changed. So why don't we just clear this clutter of work and just let me live my best life. So here's what I understand and I'm understanding that Jesus is not just a friend with benefits. We have to get to the place, Nate, where Jesus is Savior, teacher, and Lord. And if he's not, then he's just a friend with benefits. And you know what friends with benefits are. You want the intimacy with no commitment. And so there are many times that I've stayed up late 
praying for people. I couldn't sleep, had to work the next morning, eyes bloodshot red. I see them and they well rested. <laughs> they good. <laughs> I'm, that's what Bruce, I'm telling you, Bruce helps me. Because every once in a while, Elder Bruce will come to me and was like, stop carrying the people burden. He'll pray and, and he prays these, these affectionate, fervent prayers, but they're short. But every time he prays for me, it reminds me, man, I got I to take the burdens of the people to God. Because Psalms 21, Psalms 121 and 1 says, indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. In other words, it ain't need for both of us to stay up all night. If I take my plates to Jesus, I have to trust that he going to come see about it. Make room. Make room. And, and oftentimes, Tiffany, we start off in the spirit, but we don't last. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul writes this. Are you so foolish? I like Paul, but I don't think Paul could be some of our pastors. But anyway, um, are you so foolish? After beginning by the spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? So we start these relationships so spiritual, now we can't tell you apart. We don't know who the saved one and the unsaved one. We don't know because we start off fired up for Jesus and then we try to accomplish the promises of God from God in our own flesh. And so we start off, I'm going to make a new commitment for the new year. And we pray and we prophesy ourselves to a new year. New year, new me. And round about January 3rd, <laughs> you ain't even last two days, Robert. <laughs> January 3rd, we try to pick it up in the flesh. So here's a reminder. And here's where we all have a measure of faith because here's what I realized. We jump on planes and you have no idea who the pilot is. You don't even think about it. You jump in an Uber, well, these days you may. You jump on an Uber and you don't even think about, man, is this guy qualified to drive me? We eat food, never seen the kitchen, and don't know the, practice, the practices of the chef. But we claim to know him and worried about everything. There has to be a disconnect. Because, again, he is the Messiah, so we don't have to be. We need to make sure our convictions about God are so strong that we keep our relationship with him the priority. That's how we make room. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And here's what I'm learning. And, and again, I'm learning this more about me. We have to worship him both publicly and privately because he's the priority. But one of the most mind-blowing miracles in the New Testament is found in John chapter 1. That God comes to us in the flesh. So Jesus made his way to the earth so we can make room for him in our hearts. He's doing all the work. But he won't force us to give our plates to him. And on his table, some of these plates are dirty. And how do you clean dirty plates? You got to dump what's on top in the trash first. 
and we spend our lives just accumulating dirty plates. You know what's crazy about the invention of a dishwasher? See, I'm, I, 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 didn't, I, I, I grew up without a dishwasher. The dishwasher was Tiffany, Antoine, and Greg. Every time I, I, I wash dishes, this is a true story, every time I wash dishes, my legs would itch. I don't know, I have a condition. <laughs> so I would be washing dishes, right? And my legs would start to itch, and I would complain the entire time. It was a condition. It was a medical condition, probably. I hated washing dishes. I enjoyed the meal, right? But when it came to clean up what we ate, and we would rotate once a week, and sometimes that's how we, that's what we do. We enjoy the meal. We enjoy the sin. I mean, we enjoy the meal. We feast on it. Or we eat till our bellies are full. But cleanup is required. We don't realize, I'm telling you, that, I'm telling you, I think I was talking to my pastors here, or, or my pastors here. We don't understand that the sin that we are cooking ourselves up and serving willfully comes back. So think about this. Think about these plates and think about their stuff that happens to us just because it's life. It's just life. Life happens to us all. But then there are some things that I create. Bad decisions. You know how it is. You're in this cycle of bad decisions. You make one bad decision to, and then you make another decision to, to cover up the bad decision. And you got this cascading effect. And that's all over here. I blame God for all of it. But you did this. Instead of being crying out and asking God for mercy so he can take it to the proverbial dishwasher, I try to hide from God. And smoke screen of this other stuff, man, my family won't get right. Well, what they got to do with the sin in your life? Again, I ignore and avoid my own. And this is what God is claiming for us. God wants to claim for us redemption. We are called to live in the gospel so we can live it out. And the gospel is good news, filled with mercy, filled with redemption, filled with grace. The best gift you can give anyone is to live out what God has and is doing through you for their benefit. They need to see reconciliation. This is what I realized, that many of us become, come from such brokenness, we don't know how to reconcile relationships. So what we do is we just stop talking to the other person. We start avoiding the other person. We start ignoring the other person because no one showed us how to reconcile. And so we are all these broken people living in this dysfunctional table. And here's what's so, so impaired. And I experienced this in my own life. And maybe you agree that when we when we finally realize that when we come to the end of ourselves and we know that we need Jesus, people, and the shame of what I've done keeps me in prison. You see the irony? I trust him with it, but I don't trust you with it. So if John testified of Jesus being the light, How are we 
we supposed to make disciples and we don't, get, we don't allow people to get close to us? Your credit wasn't always good. Your marriage wasn't always good. But if we keep projecting perfection, somebody said, hey, hey, don't be too transparent. What does that mean? You're either transparent or you're not. What is that? Why would the Bible spell out all of the mess from David to Joseph? Why would the Bible spell that out for us to live distant from each other? The reason why we can give out grace is because we know we need grace. Live in the gospel so you can live it out. I'm going to close with this. Luke chapter 11, verse 37. Jesus was invited to a dinner party with the Pharisees. Here's what he was doing. So, you know, back in the olden days. Not funny. The old. Back in those days, um, you will walk everywhere. And it was long, dusty roads, right? And, and so, you know, what they were wearing will always get dirty. So, um, so, what the, what, so what they would do is they would go through this ceremonial washing of your garments and stuff like that because you're walking literally everywhere. And as you journey, um, you get dirty. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's just life. On this road and you walking in it and the road is dusty, you get dirty. So they had this practice of ceremonial washing. And so when they invited Jesus, Luke, read it some other time. Um, Luke 11, um, around about 37, verse 37 to 53. Um, so when Jesus is walking um, to the dinner party and you walking everywhere you go, it stands the reason that your garments are dirty. So Jesus makes his way to the dinner table. And um, of course, he washes his hands. But the, the, the Pharisees and they... Scholars believe that they were, um, they could have been a political group or religious leaders. It could have been educated scholars, what have you. So they, they understand the law. So the law was before you go to the dinner table, you got to go to the ceremonial washing. But Jesus didn't do it. So they watching Jesus and was like, I know he's not going to go to that table with them dirty clothes. You know how people are. Because they expect you to come one way and you don't come that way and you don't meet their expectations. So they put it on you. But that's not my message. So now, this is what was crazy. They noticed that Jesus didn't do the ceremonial washing. So Luke chapter 11, verse 39, Jesus says, Now you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and evil. Fools! I like that. Didn't he who made the outside make the inside too? See, we're going to make room for people. It's not about their hygiene. It's about their heart. And the problem with making room with people is they don't come to the table like you expect. You want them to go through all of this stuff, and Jesus is knowing what he's doing. There is a perception of holiness that the church must destroy because holiness is an inside-outside work. But the church puts outside it. No, no, no. And oftentimes when we're inviting people, we're trying to make room for Jesus, people come dirty. But here's what we got to recognize. We got just as many places they got. There's only one clean one. 
And that's why we make room for him. Because if we're honest, we don't deserve to be at the table in the first place. That's why I don't judge you in your mess. Man, I pray for you during it. Why? Because I got mess. You got mess. We all got mess. And so when we're making room for Jesus, it's literally recognizing the mess that we carry. So when you get close to people, you start to see their contradictions. When you get close to people, they start hurting your expectations. And now we don't want to be in relationship with them anymore. Every time I call and they don't pick up, I'm just going to stop calling. Well, what if he stopped calling you? It's that grace that's missing. We got to be careful not to judge someone based solely on what we see. It's a hard matter. And we all got to wash our own dishes. Make room. Because holiness is an inside job. And none, according to scriptures, none are holy, no, not one, except the Lord, his righteousness. And so the, the plates may pile up in your life. And some of these plates you're going to wrestle with, maybe, for the rest of your life. But if Jesus, this is a, it's not a, but if Jesus is the answer, if Jesus is supposed to be at the center. If Jesus is supposed to be at the center, this is how it's supposed to work. I, I surrender to him. I just ask him into my, my heart. I, I hear you, seminarian. I hear you, theologian. Well, when you ask Jesus to your heart, yeah, I get what you're saying. Lord. He becomes Lord. He directs my path. Small. It's small. Small. Because making room for him doesn't happen overnight. It's how you surrender. It's, it's the trust in him. Why are you nervous? We're making room for Jesus now. Yeah, I, I know. Huh? But you're nervous. See what happens when you start making room for Jesus? People around you get nervous. See, I know. See, see what happens off the mic, you don't. All right. <laughs> so we slowly making room. So next week, come back next week. There's four things that we're going to talk about next week to make room. Yeah. It's the Bible, it's prayer, it's rhythms, and it's fasting and feasting. Because, it, because making room is an inside work. It's not, I'm just going just, to, just no, it's an inside work. And it's a process of obedience. I was talking to someone about discipleship. And they said, and I said, obedience-based discipleship. And it was, it was a funny, it was a funny uh, response. And I, I said, it's, it's funny how we have to clarify things. Um, so I said, yeah, we've just got to make sure that the people of God have obedience-based discipleship. And the person responded, whatever, what other type of discipleship is there? 
And so we have to become more descriptive because people think they are disciples of Jesus. But don't make Jesus Lord. So we keep being more descriptive, obedience-based discipleship. And what we're realizing is that all of us have an idea of this Christian walk that may not be biblical. Because I have, all of us, we have real needs. We have real needs. And if he doesn't meet these needs, Josh, does he really? Maybe what God is doing is that need that you've been praying for is what's keeping you on your knees and depending on him. So if he removed the need, is he removing room for himself? You know how we pray with, with the end that we expect. And that's how he answered. So we'll say things like, hey, he answered my prayer because he answered in the way that we are expecting him to answer. I'm learning, Lord, that there are many prayers that I thought were unanswered that he answered. That's trust. Many of us did not know that we would be in this moment in our lives this time because we, we, we thought we had this thing figured out but thank God he knows what's best for us because I have regrets but I'm also redeemed I have some things that I wish I didn't have to go through but I'm reconciled with him so when I look back on the course of my life, Natasha, I can say yes and amen. I, I didn't have to learn the lessons the hard way. That's the way I chose. I got a big head, man. Stubborn. But if you're like me and you recognize that I may not be where I want to be, but in the beginning was the Word and words with God. The Word was God. He was before all things. And my table may be cluttered, but I trust him. Pastor Antoine with the great message in Make Room. Let's make room for the unexpected, the uninvited, but let's also leave a space for generosity. Now, if you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and if you ever feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are absolutely anywhere near Charlotte, the surrounding areas, come on by and visit us here at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. You can always join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, even Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back Hear this entire Make Room message and sermon series. So much more exclusively on our Thinking Kingdom podcast. <laughs>